0: So I say to you today, wherever you are, at your home, at work, in the hospital, watching by the internet, however, God is always working, always. He's working everything out for our good. He is sovereign. He knows exactly what he's doing. God has the final word. Do not allow the darkness of this present day. Do not allow this cancel culture in which we live. Do not allow those who uh, believe and say that they have their truth. Listen, there is only God's truth. Everything else is a lie. God has the final word. And please don't get tired and please don't get discouraged and please don't get mad at the only one who really loves you who's invested his life in you through the person of his son, Jesus Christ, don't get mad at him. Don't give up. Trust the lover of our soul. Trust our savior. Trust the one right now. Jesus is at the right hand of the father and he is interceding for you and me. So don't let another moment, don't let another day go by without understanding that God is always working. You know, if we're looking at just the way that life seems to be unfolding or just at our circumstances, there are many days, sometimes weeks and months, that it can seem that God is not doing anything. Anything, It can seem that our prayers are just hitting the ceiling, so to speak. But I'm here to share with you today that what Scripture teaches us is that God is always working. And, you know, many of you, I've shared before my story of coming to Christ. So I won't go into all those details today, but I will say that up until the moment that I made that commitment to give my life to Christ, I would have told you that I was absolutely not going to come to Christ that there was just no way that I was going to put my faith in Jesus Christ and yet in a moment my heart changed. In a moment, the work of the Holy Spirit went forth and opened up my heart to see the truth of the gospel. And I would think that as we read the Bible, as we read the story of Saul, uh, when he's traveling the road to Damascus, and he has that encounter with God, and he goes from a zealot, as he goes from a man who was persecuting Christians to one of the strongest followers of Christ, filled with the Holy Spirit, penned two-thirds of the New Testament under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Up until that moment, on the road to Damascus, Saul would have told you, I'm doing the will of God to persecute Christians. And my point in that is that God is always working even when we see nothing happening. Think with me for just a moment about Mary, the mother of Jesus. By most theologians accounts, she's a teenager. And she gets a visit from an angel who says, you found favor with God (laughs) and you as a virgin will conceive a child and he will be the savior and he will save mankind from their sins. I'm about sure the day before that happened, ten minutes before that happened, five minutes, even a minute, even 30 seconds before that happened, Mary didn't know that her life would change. And so many of you, as you're watching, you've prayed many prayers. You've served the Lord. And perhaps you're in a season where it seems that everything is dark and that nothing is changing And what we have to do in those seasons of our life, and listen, we all have them. We all have moments, seasons where we just think, what in the world? We kind of go through sometimes our little checklist. Well, you know, I go to church and I read my Bible and I pay my tithes and I pray my prayers. and And I do it because I love the Lord. And yet, it seems that all is dark around me. And we can give ourselves over to the wise, to the woes, to the darkness, to the doubts. But I want to encourage you that in those times, it could be a test of faith. It could be any number of things. But the one thing that is for sure is that God is always working and that he is working on your behalf and he is working all things out for our good when we love him and when we are called according to his purpose. When I look back at the moment that I came to Christ, I can tell you this for sure. I didn't see it coming, but God clearly had been working in my life before that moment. I just was unaware. And the same is true for you and for your family. If you've been praying, if you've been serving the Lord, he's always working. Jesus says it like this as he was being harassed by the Pharisees. Look with with me at John 15, starting in verse 16. And I'll read today out of the New Living Translation. It says, so the Jewish leaders began harassing Jesus for breaking the Sabbath rules. But Jesus replied, my father is always working and so am I. So the Jewish leaders tried all the harder to find a way to kill him. For he not only broke the Sabbath, but he called God his Father, thereby making himself equal with God. So let's kind of lean into the context of this scripture and to understand that the Pharisees were doing what the Pharisees did. They were questioning Jesus. They were harassing Jesus What they imagined about a Savior and a Redeemer, what they imagined about loving God and serving God, when they looked at Jesus, they were like, that isn't it. He's not it. We were thinking that the Savior would come another way. So because Jesus didn't fit what they had envisioned, they nitpicked him. And they would find things like the Sabbath rules and the laws and the this and the that, and they would say, you break the Sabbath. And Jesus said, hey, my father is always working and I am always working. The scripture teaches us in the book of Psalms that God does not sleep, that he does not slumber. He does not take vacations. He is always working. He watches over us every detail every millisecond of our life and he's working in our situations and i know that so many times we can lose hope because our situations don't unfold the way that we hope or the way that we pray but i want to say to you that even in those situations take heart because god is always working If you look at not just your situation, but look into the word of God and understand that God sees everything. You and I, we know in part and we see in part. That's what scripture says. It says that we see as through a glass dimly, like it's blurred. We have this little piece of our life on earth, this little piece of our family and what God is doing. But God has the bigger picture. God sees everything. He knows everything from the beginning to the end. I say that to encourage you. If I look at just my little piece of life right now, oh my goodness. Some things that just really bother me that I don't understand the answers for. And if I get caught up into the whys and the woes and the unwanted and the unwelcomed, I have a horrible day. But if I steep myself in the goodness and the truth of Christ and the fact that God sees everything, I can take heart because I know he's doing far better than I could think or imagine. And let me say this to you. We go around and we say God has good plans for you, and he does. But let me say this. God's good plan may look way different than what you imagine God's good plan to be. I'm thinking Mary did not think God's good plan was that she was going to conceive a child as a virgin. As much as we can look at her life and say how blessed that she got chosen to be the Savior, can you imagine what that would be like for Joseph to find out the people in her town, what that young lady must have gone through? And yet, that was God's good plan. That's how God brought redemption to all of us. We can call him Savior partly because of Mary's obedience. So before you get all despondent because God's good plan isn't unfolding like you think, and that it must be some great big plan, this great big thing. Listen, it's a great big thing to get up every day and serve God. It's a great big thing to forgive those who sin against you. We are never closer to the nature and character of Christ than when we forgive those that sin against us. That's a great big thing. That's a great big thing that when your child lies to you or doesn't do their homework, that you sit them down, you look them in the eye, and you express your love for them, but you allow them to know that lying is not okay. That's a great big thing. That's a great big thing if you tell a lie and then you go back and you correct it and you repent. That's a great big thing. That's God's great big plan, is that he takes us with a sin nature and by the work of his Holy Spirit transforms and renews our life and gives us a brand new nature. That's the great big plan, that every single day we become more like Christ. That is the great big plan. So what does God want you to do? Every single day, wherever you are, wherever you find yourself, obey him, do the next right thing, let the prayer of your heart be that you will be more like Christ every single day. There, there's the great big plan right there. So understand that God sees everything, and look with me in Matthew 13, starting in verse 24. It says, here's another story Jesus told. The kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who planted good seed in his field. But that night as the worker slept, his enemy came and planted weeds in the wheat and then slipped away. When the crop began to grow and produce grain, the weeds also grew. The farmer's workers went to him and said, Sir, the field from where you planted that good seed is full of weeds. Where did they come from? An enemy has done this, the farmer exclaimed. Should we pull out the weeds? They asked. No. He replied, if you'll uproot them, you'll uproot the wheat if you do. Let both grow together until the harvest. Then I will tell the harvesters to sort out the weeds, tie them into bundles and burn them and put the wheat in the barn. So this parable, this story tells us many things. One of the things that it tells us is that God has a plan for this world. So the story is about planting and sowing and that weeds are growing up in the midst of the wheat and any farmers, any workers reaction would be, let's pull up those weeds. And yet the farmer says, no, let it all grow. Because if we pull up the weeds, we will destroy the wheat. He says, but when the harvest comes, I'm going to separate the wheat and I'm going to separate the weeds and I am going to tie the weeds into bundles, and I'm going to burn them. So what the farmer says to the workers is, let me sort this all out. I'm going to take care of it at the end. I'm going to let those weeds grow so that that wheat can also grow. And you're going to have to trust me in this process. So what God is teaching us is that God has a plan for this world. And that God's plan, much like that wheat and weeds, is unfolding over time. This means we have to wait patiently. Yes, I said that word patiently. We don't want to be patient, like right? right? We want what we want right now, and when we see injustice and when we see wrong, we want that eradicated now. And let me say this, if there are situations in our life that we can't eradicate the evil right now, and that's within our power and within our responsibility, that's what we should do. This is speaking to when there are situations outside of our control, we have to trust the farmer, and the parable is really teaching us about God. We have to trust the Lord with wrong situations that are outside of our control, that he's going to take care of it at the end. Parable also teaches us that God chooses to delay his judgment and teach us patience in the process. And yes, I said that word patience again. I'm not always very good at that. Perhaps you are, perhaps you're not. But here's the thing that I've come to understand about patience patience is a virtue, patience brings honor to God, and patience shows God that we trust Him. God, His Word says, that he's not slack concerning his promises, but he's patient, giving people time to repent. And so sometimes when we get hurt by somebody, or we experience a church hurt, or something wrong happens, and it looks like God isn't doing anything about it, God may be displaying patience to allow that person to repent and as mad as that might make us think about this how patient was he with us until we came to Christ how patient was God to Monica Schmelter when I lived as his enemy when I shook my fist at him and thought I want nothing to do with you and I want nothing to do with you Christians because you're all just hypocrites God wasn't letting that go. He was patient with me, giving me time to come to repentance. So before you get all mad about what I just said, think about this. Don't ever let the fact that judgment doesn't happen immediately into thinking that that means God lets sin slide. It does not god is going to deal with all unrepentant sin in his way and in his time this parable is saying the weeds and the wheat are growing together they're going to get pulled they're going to get harvested and those weeds are going to be tied into bundles and burned god is going to take care of every ounce of injustice every ounce of evil that is not repented God himself is going to deal with that. That is not for you, and that is not for me. Now, does this mean it is wrong to seek justice on earth? No, it does not. If someone robs your house or someone comes and robs my house, and I pray that never, ever, ever happens, I'm going to call the police, and and I think you should call the police, too. I was at a church once where some people broke into the cars in the parking lot and stole stuff out of them, and they all decided they would just pray about it. They wouldn't call the police. You know, if someone breaks into your car, they break into your house, it's okay to call the police and allow the system to do its work and to protect us. But what this verse is talking about is that when things fall through the cracks and or when things go unpunished or when the bad guy wins... Don't ever let the enemy trick you into thinking that God forgets about that or that that sin is going to slide. So that's a lot. So you might have to pause and take a deep breath right there. That's a lot. But what this parable is saying to us is that God sees everything. And on those days where you feel like God is not working because you don't see anything, I want you to remember that God sees everything. And even those things that you think or that I think that he's forgotten about it, that he's not dealing with, uh uh-uh. He's going to deal with every last bit of it. And our job in the interim is to trust him. And our job, as hard as it can be, is to be thankful for his patience with people because we so desperately need that patience and mercy in our own lives. Where would any of us be if he had not loved us first? Where would any of us be if he had not called us his own if he had not loved us through being his enemy. And then to understand as we lean into God is always working is that God has the final word. Look with me at Revelation 21. I'll start in verse uh, 1 there. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone and i saw a holy city the new jerusalem coming out of heaven coming down from god out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband i heard a loud shout from the throne saying look god's home is now among his people he will live with them and they will be his people god himself will be with them He will wipe every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. So I say to you today, wherever you are, at your home, at work, in the hospital, watching by the internet, however, God is always working, always. He's working everything out for our good. He is sovereign. He knows exactly what he's doing. God has the final word. Do not... Allow the darkness of this present day. Do not allow this cancel culture in which we live. Do not allow those who uh, believe and say that they have their truth. Listen, there is only God's truth. Everything else is a lie. God has the final word. Right now, we are all <laughs> we are all able to operate in our own free will. This means that people can choose to do. God's will or can choose to disobey. We live in that dispensation of grace in that dispensation in which God allows us to still make choices where God is showing us patience to give more people time to repent. But the Bible says God has the final say. And God has prepared for all of us who love him a future without sickness, without tears, without death. The old order of all this darkness and all this sin and that weight of sin that is on every last one of us, we all struggle in the flesh until we go be with Jesus. Yes, we have the power to obey, right? The Holy Spirit works in our lives that when a temptation comes our way, he offers us the way of escape, but the weight of sin... Temptations are going to come our way until Jesus comes to get us. Just read the Bible. That's exactly what it says. People act like, well, you know, I'm not tempted anymore. That doesn't happen in my life. Come on, guys. We live in a broken, fallen world and temptations come our way. And if the Bible says that if we will seek after, if we will follow the Spirit, then we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh, which means that the lust of the flesh is still there unless we choose to follow the Spirit. That battle, that weight of sin is in this broken world and will be here till we get to go be with Him. But don't look at your life and look at the culture and say, where is God? He's not working. God is always working. And as long as you are praying, and as long as you are seeking truth, and as long as every day you are getting up and doing your best to obey him, and when you mess up that you repent, which means stop it, as long as you are doing that, God is always working. And those prayers that you've prayed, those times that you seem invisible to everybody else, The times that you look on maybe on social media or whatever your life looks like and it looks like that everybody is happier and everybody is doing better and everybody has more money and everybody's getting more, half of that is a lie, right? People are putting that stuff out there to make themselves look better than they are To present a better picture, we're so concerned with the surface and our filters and blah, 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 blah. And I get it. Like, we live in a visual world and all of that. But God wants more for us than that. He's far more concerned about what's going on in the inside of our heart than what's going on in our social media. God is always working, and please don't get tired, and please don't get discouraged, and please don't get mad at the only one who really loves you, who's invested his life in you through the person of his son, Jesus Christ. Don't get mad at him. Don't give up Because something is taking a long time or because you're struggling with an illness, however hard that is, or because you deal with chronic pain every day and -and so-and-so isn't, or because your husband left you or your wife left you. You all, those are all very hurtful things, and I do not in any way want to minimize any of that. We have to grieve our losses. I think it's healthy to acknowledge our pain I think if you have questions and doubts, pour them out to God. I know that when I do that, when I let those tears roll, when I say what I need to say, I feel the presence of the Holy Spirit come near me and hover, and it allows me to know that God is always working. And so from this moment on, if you will take that attitude that is biblical, that God is always working, and that his his plan is unfolding over time and that our job is to patiently obey and trust him trust the lover of our soul trust our savior trust the one right now jesus is at the right hand of the father and he is interceding for you and me so don't let another moment don't let another day go by without understanding that god is always working And understand in a deeper way that God sees everything. He hasn't forgotten a prayer. He hasn't forgotten a tear. He hasn't forgotten injustice. He hasn't forgotten evil. He's just patiently giving people more time to repent. Just like he gave us time to repent. And then to understand that God has the final word on everything. No matter what it looks like in your life and in this culture, God has the final word, and he is going to set everything straight. We are going to have up on the website online extras to get the verses that I've gone over today, simply because I want you to be encouraged. We live in dark times, and I know that I get discouraged, and I, you know, We live in a broken world, and it's not for the faint of heart. It's only for those that are strong and courageous in heart. But you all, with Christ's help, we can all do hard things. So understand that no matter what it looks like, God is always working. God sees everything. You are not forgotten. And God has the final word I want you to remember today's truth as you go through your day. And today's truth is simply that God is always working. So you can cheer up, you can take heart, because the creator of the whole universe is working on your behalf. We're out of time, so I say goodbye, and God bless you. Log on to www.ctntv.org, where you can make a prayer request. View our program guide, see Who's on Bridges, or even watch one of Monica's latest teachings. Log on to www.ctntv.org. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. God invites us to cultivate thankful hearts by turning our eyes toward Him. In good times and bad. To listen to more Abide Christian Meditations, just go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Christian Meditation. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.